Good afternoon. Happy signing period eve, I guess this would be. Tuesday afternoon. This is the Tuesday Tiger Recruiting Show on PowerMizzou.com. The final episode, at least of 2021. Who knows? We don't know what we're doing on Thursday, much less, you know, next uh, summer and fall. But at least for this year, the final episode. Um, Sean Williams will join me in a minute. I'm Gabe DeArmond. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us for a little bit before Missouri's class puts pen to paper or, you know, email or fax or screenshot, however they may send their letters of intent in tomorrow morning and afternoon. Uh, before we get to business, uh, we need to take care of business, and that is to tell you one last time about Brandon Barnes and USA Mortgage. Brandon over at USA Mortgage here in Columbia can take care of you if you're in Columbia or anywhere in the state of Missouri. If you are looking for a new home to refinance your current home, anything along those lines, he is going to provide you the best customer service you can you can go to showmemortgage.com. You can get an online quote. You can email him at bbarnes at usa-mortgage.com or give him a call at either of the two phone numbers that are going to be on your screen. The rest of this show, if you're listening on the podcast, it's 573-818-2772 or 573-590-0001. Give Brandon a call. He's going to get the best rates you can give. He can give you the best customer service and maybe even talk about Missouri's historic 2022 recruiting class, which is what Sean Williams and I are going to do for the next little bit. And Sean, it is the storm before the calm, I guess, um, because the way it appears, <laughs> you know, Missouri's class basically, at least at this point, came together pretty much by December 1st and and I guess a little bit before a little bit of intrigue with with one or two guys that we'll talk about a little bit later but for the most part you know people are it's always interesting to see how these things go because the class is going to be the highest rated in school history and there's this feeling at the end of like oh well like but what happened man <laughs> yeah I mean that does happen but uh I mean, I don't know. I guess it's a good thing. There's not going to be a lot of drama, that's for sure. I mean, I think um, just in terms of uh, kids we're kind of waiting for is Zion Young, the defensive end out of Westlake, Georgia. Uh, not sure if he's going to sign tomorrow or not. I know Florida just kind of jumped in the mix with him. So uh, it could be a situation where Florida's saying, hey, man, uh, don't sign early. Come visit us in January, and, uh, you know, you might become a Gator. So, But these things happen, you know. Uh, Whenever uh, kids kind of decommit, reopen the recruiting process, it can go one of two ways. You get a lot more interest or you get absolutely no more interest at all. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's good to, it's good in a way though. You think about it, there may be not be a lot of drama, but uh, Missouri's going to sign their highest rated recruiting class regardless. So, um, and then they'll just kind of stack onto that as uh, you know, January and February come to fruition as well. So. I got to take myself off mute there again. I got issues. Um, but um, like, I do understand the people that are like, oh, these last couple weeks, you know, missed out on some guys. I mean, we'll start. Pancake Connor goes to Houston. From what I've been told, that was 
there was some family input there, and and that's fine. I mean, Missouri's won situations like that, and they've lost situations like that. It happens. Um, right. You know, had some kids that that didn't end up making visits. There was some hope, you know, out there that hey, maybe Gentry Williams, you could get him in on a visit for from Oklahoma. There was some brief hope for some other transfers, whatever. That didn't end up necessarily coming together at the end, but still, I I mean, this is you know, tied for the most four stars or higher Missouri has ever signed in the rivals era has Luther burden, the number five kid in the country. Um, like it's a good class, whether it committed in May or June or October or December doesn't really matter. I, I know people love the, Hey, the drama at the end and the <laughs> Dorial green Beckham picks up the Missouri hat and all that. But this class isn't any different if Luther Burden does that tomorrow or did that on October 19th. It's it's still the same class in the end. Right. I mean, hey, look, Luther threw, uh, threw some, uh, you know, a Georgia hat and a Alabama hat to the side to pick up a Missouri hat. So, I mean, that was enough drama right there back in October. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's... Yeah, it's not a lot of drama. You did miss out on some guys you probably wanted. You mentioned Demetrius Hunter, obviously, you know, a kid that, that came in for an official visit, and then he swung by Houston on Sunday. And I, um, Houston, I, Houston I agree with the Houston. fans. I mostly wanted him for the nickname and the memes. <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure out if uh, if uh, Oklahoma did that pancake thing like Missouri did, you know, with, with the pictures and everything, if they did that back on uh, whenever he visited earlier. I don't know, you know. So I, knew, I noticed Houston did the same thing. So were they copying Missouri or did Missouri copy somebody else? Uh, to be determined. But it doesn't matter now because he's going to Houston. So Dana Holgerson won out, uh, unfortunately, for Missouri. So, well, yeah, th- these things happen, though. Uh, you know, and I think people were kind of surprised, too, because he's cousins with Marcus Scott, who is, you know, obviously a, a Missouri commitment. He's going to sign. And uh, But I think there was more family interest in the cousin is signed with Missouri, as you said. But, yeah, I mean, these things happen, though. Not a lot of drama, you know. And But, I mean, like I said, that's, uh, you know, kind of a good thing. And, you know, you just kind of reassess uh, the situation. There's probably going to be more people hit the portal. You know, so you'll have options there. Uh, so you got all kinds of different options. You'll see who doesn't sign in, um, you know, uh, in the next three days. And, you know, if people don't sign, and I think they're kind of free to – you're kind of free to be like, well, you know, hey, they're probably, um, you know, open to listening. So, you know, probably have some more targets on the board, try to get some kids in here in January too. So, Yeah, there are some kids we're watching tomorrow. Uh, DJ Wesselak uh, will have an announcement at 3.30 in Boonville. We, like, we've been fairly steady throughout saying, hey, guys, like, even – I remember when DJ released a top 15 in, like, I want to say that was like May and Missouri wasn't in it. Right. And like we legitimately told people the next day, just hang on, settle down. Missouri's going to have a shot at this at the end. And like, I would put odds at better than 50, 50, the DJ Westlack is picking Missouri tomorrow afternoon. And I, you know, so there's your signing day drama. Now people might not, you know, they might want more of it, but I, I mean, hey, a kid is going to have hats from Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and I, I may be messing up the Alabama, LSU, USC, Missouri, and somebody else. And we think he's going to pick up the Missouri hat. So, like, that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I know Rivals kind of dropped him back to three-star status, but at one time 
He was the four-star kid. Um, and look, you want to talk about drama, about DJ Weslek's uh, recruiting process, you know, top 15s without Missouri, uh, then Missouri's in it. And, uh, now LSU's trying, you know, LSU got him on campus over the weekend, trying to, uh, make a big push there. So, you know, we'll see what happens. It's either, either way, like you said on the board, it's going to be the Tigers, whether it's uh, Missouri or LSU, we'll find out, but it's going to be one of those two. And we're pretty confident it's going to be Missouri. And, and like, can we just use this? As example number 879, and maybe the one that finally explains it, look, I don't begrudge a kid for putting out a top 10 in May or whatever, but there's going to be another one in July and another one in September and another one in November. So, like, you got to quit freaking out about every social media post nine months before signing day because, like, again, I don't begrudge the kids for doing it. It's fine. And, People's minds change and things change. Like, I'm not bashing the kid for doing it. But the whole, like, well, they're just seeking attention. Well, they're seeking attention because they freaking get the attention. You know? I mean, like, settle down. They're all going to (laughs) sign in December. And it doesn't really matter who their top 15 schools were in March of their sophomore year in high school. Yeah, I mean, uh, as soon as they release the top list, what do people do? They go to message boards and they start talking about it. So, and then they get on social media and talk about it and go, you know, M I Z Z O U, you know, or whoever else is in the top fifteen or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's a uh, that's drama too. And yeah, you, you mentioned it. You know, a lot of kids do that in the summer, and then they're, you know, they'll be like, hey, I'm gonna, you know, not sign until February, but they're releasing top ten lists, and then it's the top eight, and then it's the top five. Uh, and then it changes. Uh, I'm just ready for college coaches to start doing that whenever they change jobs, you know, just start releasing like a top five list of schools that they're interviewing with and just kind of put it in order. Because, <laughs> I mean, the truth about this whole thing is recruiting is like the middle-aged man version of a soap opera. Like, it, yeah, it really yeah. is. Like, because the only thing that really matters in recruiting is – December 19th or February 3rd or whatever, where the kid signs. The rest of it is just kind of all this dance about like, hey, maybe I like you. Do you like me? You know, <laughs> how, how do you feel? And then, hey, I died, but then I came back to life two months later and I'm back <laughs> on Days of Our Lives. Like, that's ultimately what this is. This is the male version of a soap opera. Yeah, I mean, sports is the ultimate male soap opera, and then just recruiting is just like another chapter of that, you know. So, uh, yeah, we're fulfilling a lot of people's needs just covering it here. So we we like to do our due diligence here at PowerMizzou.com. <laughs> uh, we certainly are working hard. Um, so the other guy that, that we're – well, you mentioned Zion Young. So I just want to say I have absolutely no idea what's going on with the kid. I don't know if he'll sign. I don't know where he'll sign. I don't know, other than Michigan State, who else is in the mix. Do you know any more than I do? Uh, it seems like, yeah, um, Michigan State, uh, Missouri, which obviously those are the last two officials he took. Uh, but Florida just offered, like I mentioned earlier, and I think uh, you know that's probably something to kind of keep an eye on. I'm sure they're probably saying, "Hey, don't sign. Come to you know, come take an official visit during January, and you could sign in February and see if you want to come here." So, um, yeah, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know if you know we've reached out to him. He hasn't gotten back to us. Um, he has previously before the visit. So, 
Uh, I guess he's trying to weigh in his options whether he wants to sign, but he's going to have three days to figure that out starting tomorrow. So we'll see what happens there. Well, and that's another thing for people to realize is tomorrow's the first day of the early signing period, but that goes through Friday. So a kid does, right. just because he doesn't sign tomorrow doesn't mean he's not signing. Uh, one announcement we know is coming on Friday. Um, I know that you have signed up for uh, Netflix Francais to follow uh, Jeffrey Mba's, uh announcement on French television. Like, I've got to say, I, I mean, I've not seen this before. It is a new in recruiting, apparently. And uh, I look, international kids are really, you know, uh, recruiting international kids is really kind of becoming a thing, you know, especially I've seen in this recruiting cycle. I know, like, uh, I know there's a couple of groups that kind of come over here um, and uh, they do camps during the summer. So they get a lot of college interest with their camps and how they perform there. And, um, you know, there's a lot of international flavor going on. I know Vanderbilt uh, recruits, got a couple of German kids on their team. You know, they're, now they're, you know, one of them's playing high school football over here but um yeah it's kind of a new thing and uh with jeffrey Imba, he's he's going big time man french television i mean that's that's pretty huge so uh we're gonna watch it and we're gonna try to figure out what's going on uh with the language and uh we'll see but but but, just figure out what hat he picks but i mean are we gonna watch it because i don't even know what time it is i don't know how to watch it i don't know any of those things Maybe I'll just put him on notifications on Twitter or Instagram and just go with that. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like a better idea. I, I I don't know. I haven't done the demographics of the Auburn fans versus Miami fans versus Mizzou fans in Marseille or wherever he might be announcing at. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see what the viewership is for that. You know. Um, but uh, look, that would. Uh, I think that's the the guy left on the board that you look at and go, well. I mean, this would be huge for Missouri because they need defensive tackles. He's obviously a guy who can who can come in and and hopefully play right away. I mean, I saw his mm-hmm. uh, his junior college coach. the The comp he made was if he kind of fulfills everything that people think is Calais Campbell from LSU. I I would like that guy on my team. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I'm. You know, Missouri, I think, you know, I know everybody's like, well, maybe he's going to pick Auburn. But, you know, Missouri did a really good job. I mean, they got him on campus for an unofficial for one day. And, uh, you know, whenever he announced he was taking his last official to Missouri, I got him on the phone. And he said, man, I really loved it at Missouri. You know, when I went and took that unofficial for a day, he's like, you know, I like Coach Davis. Coach is treating me great, treating me like family. I love the environment up there. I want to go back for an official visit, check it out. Um, So, yeah, uh, we'll see. He's not doing any interviews now uh, leading up to his decision. So we'll see if Missouri kind of, um, you know, did what they could there on that uh, on that official visit. And I think it was the final one he took. He was going to take one to Oregon, but obviously Cristobal uh, took off to Miami. So we'll see and, what happens. That This whole thing with not only with coaches changing, but with the early signing period, and like you've referenced a couple times teams maybe telling kids, hey, maybe just – just hang on. Just wait another couple months, you know? I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. The, I don't think this whole early signing period thing has had the impact that coaches in the NCAA thought it would. Like, I, well, I've always said, if you're going to have an early signing period, have it in, like, July and just tell kids, look, you don't get an official visit before this. If you know where you want to go and there's no doubt, then go ahead and sign in July. Cool. Otherwise, right. we're going to do this whole thing in February again, and we're going to quit firing coaches in week four so we can get an early jump. And I, I just 
every decision the NCAA makes, and this one is no exception, is like it solves one problem and then it creates 19 more that all of a sudden the NCAA is like, oh, man, we never thought about that. <laughs> well, the timing, yeah, I mean, the timing of coaching changes goes, you know, like directly with the early signing period. So, you know, when the coaching changes are made and you got – kids that are committed it's almost like speed dating you know in a sense so yeah i, I agree i think and you know i've seen like reports where maybe the ncaa is going to change the rule and and maybe eliminate it altogether or maybe i like the summer idea too if you're dead set on knowing where you're going just go ahead and sign if there's a coaching change you've got time to you know uh get out of that and you know figure out what you're going to do from that point on so yeah, but yeah, it's just a, it's just bad timing, you know, in the middle of December and you've got coaching changes going on, you've got coaching searches going on. So you might be committed to a school that's still having a coaching search or, you know, and, and that's obviously dramatic and, you know, especially for people that want to, you know, be a mid-year enrollee. So, uh, yeah, I think they need to get rid of it, to be honest with you. And, and other things, I mean, it, you know, coaches are preparing for bowl games. Like last weekend, which was the last official visit weekend, like Nick Saban and Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh are in New York with their players at the Heisman ceremony. You know, mm -hmm. like what are we doing here? This is the dumbest possible time they could have put it at. And then the other thing is, you know, think about like, so Virginia just hired Tony Elliott, like what, five, six days ago, something like that, right? As a head right. coach. To my knowledge, he has not announced a single assistant coach. I mean, there might be a couple, right. but, and this could affect Missouri because Curtis, Curtis Looper's name has been out there, but like, it's obvious college coaches sit here and go, all right, well, signing days in six days. So I'm going to do this work about the staff I want. And guys might not actually be at the school they're at right now, but I want all these kids to sign letters and then we're just going to toss their whole damn world upside down and change assistant <laughs> coaches across the country. It's idiotic, and every bit of it screws the kids. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, and going back to the coaching changes, and you mentioned that it's not just head coaches; it's assistant coaches. Because the new coaches, new head coaches come in, they're going to get rid of assistants and bring in their own guys. So, I mean, there's just a lot of massive overhaul with coaching staffs and. And, you know, uh, when these kids, you know, commit to a school, it's usually because of their relationship with their position coach or area coach, you know, so it's not just the head coach. So, yeah, a lot of factors go in. Uh, like I said, just bad timing to do it, you know, in the middle of December with everything going on. And like I said, you know, you got a situation like Tony Elliott where he's, you know, five, six days in. He's not going to change anybody on the staff until after, you know. Uh, pins get put to paper and faxes come in and then he's going to be like okay it's time to overhaul everything so um, so it leaves the kids in a bad spot but damn those kids for wanting to transfer schools and wreck college football through the transfer portal right when, uh, hey man, as long as you can do it one time and, and not <laughs> not be punished for it it's all good so. yeah we we got a couple of questions and if you guys have other questions we got quite a few people on here watching live if you got questions put them over in the queue we'll get to them here in the last few minutes of the show uh colby says pancake hunter was a miss but was it, but was it really that big of a miss for the staff because if i remember correctly they like uh deshaun woods at center and i mean Yes, Pancake Hunter was a miss in that they offered him, brought him in for an official visit, and didn't get him. But, I don't know, three weeks ago, Sean, had you ever heard of Demetrius Hunter? Because I hadn't. <laughs> not uh, not really. And honestly, whenever Missouri offered Demetrius Hunter, uh, I don't think Demetrius was hearing a lot from Missouri before they offered him. So, uh, you know, he said that. Uh, 
he said whenever the I reached out to him whenever they offered, and he said, "Hey man, I just I just heard of them whenever they offered." So I just talked to Coach Johnson just uh, just yesterday. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it was just kind of one of those. I think they they saw a need and like, hey, he can be a you know he maybe can be the full time center role, and you know you can Deshaun Woods is kind of a guy that can flex out the guard and maybe play tackle. So. Uh, but I think they might have saw like a true center type position with him and that's why they kind of went after him. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it is a miss. They were, I mean, they wanted him and he went to Houston. So these things happen though. So just got to, you know, Missouri's had a lot of wins and, you know, look, this one's a loss. So you just got to move on. And and I still think Missouri's going to go after a transfer center. Um, Mike Mayotte's leaving after this year. I still think they're, they're going to look for somebody in the portal over the next few weeks at that position. Uh, Jake asks, what's the best possible finish for the class? So I'm looking at our rankings right now. Missouri is 17th. Um, Oklahoma picked up a commitment today and passed Missouri for 16th. So Missouri is 17th. Um, I Honestly, the class ranking might kind of come down to how many kids do they sign that count toward it? Because we count 20. But there is a chance that Missouri doesn't get to 20 high school or junior college commits, and our rankings do not currently include transfers. So, you know, that that could be impacted. I, I still would be surprised if this class isn't somewhere between 15 and 20 by the first Thursday in February. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's going to be a mix, and I agree with you. I don't – I don't think they'll get to 20 high school or JUCO guys. I think they're going to be, there's going to be transfer options. And obviously there's a couple we've been talking about on the board. I don't know if that was a pan out, but uh, you know, there's a lot of options out there in the transfer portal. I think they're going to take advantage of those and, you know, they'll look and see if there's any good quality high school kids left that didn't sign or still on their board. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if they'll get to quite, quite the 20 with high school JUCO signings, to be honest with you. So I, I, I was kind of looking at these class rankings, and I, I, I find it pretty interesting this year, Sean. I mean, look, Alabama's one, Georgia's two. or Sorry, Georgia's one, Alabama's two. Whatever, that happens every year. Texas A&M is three. So the SEC has the top three classes in the country. But then it, it's kind of interesting. The fourth best class in the SEC is South Carolina. Fifth is Arkansas. Sixth is Kentucky. Seventh is Missouri. Like, these are not the SEC schools that we're used to seeing filling out the top half, right? Like, there's no Florida. There's no Auburn. There's no LSU. Like, I I think it would be great if over the next couple years, like Missouri and Arkansas and Kentucky and South Carolina are actually kind of getting up into that range because they even out the talent pool in the in the conference and it becomes a little bit more interesting i mean it would be great to see georgia and alabama down at like 27 and 32 at some point i don't think that's going to happen but after the first two there's a little more parity this year than there's been yeah yeah i agree i think it's good for the sec to be honest with you just more parity and and more guys and i I think you know you see a lot of kids probably seeing more opportunities at places like Arkansas, South Carolina. I mean, Beamer's kind of at South Carolina has been known to be a good recruiter. So it's not really a huge surprise to see him haul kids in that are highly rated. And, uh, you know, Sam Pittman's doing a really good job at Arkansas right now. You know, I know Missouri fans probably don't like to hear that, but hey, he is. So, (laughs) but, uh, you know, if Alabama's going to go down to like 20, man, they just got to, you know, when Nick Saban leaves, they just got to hire Mike Shula again. So I think that they could take care of that. 
Right, and Tennessee's at 21, and Vandy's actually at 25. Like, what kind of odds could you get in February if you said, all right, December signing period, there's going to be nine SEC schools in the top 25, and LSU and Florida aren't going to be there, and neither is Auburn. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people would have thought that, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it's pretty interesting. Um, Duncan Robbins wants to know, what about linebackers? Um, we have seen them offer... I believe there were a couple of transfer linebackers. I mean, I know they offered one from UNLV who ended up going to Michigan State. And then I can't remember if there was another transfer linebacker that Missouri offered or not. But I still think they're going to look for one here in the next couple months. And and what people have to understand is after bowl games, there's going to be a whole other wave of these kids looking to leave. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, linebacker, we've talked about this before in previous episodes. I mean, the linebacker spot, what you got left, what you're looking for, that's got transfer portal written all over it. Obviously, we've seen them offer some kids already, or at least the UNLV kid, and he ended up going to Michigan State. There's going to be other options out there that they'll go after in the transfer portal to, to fill the linebacker spot. I think they want somebody to come in, come in that spot and uh, play right away. So uh, that's where that's probably going to end up. And then uh, Zach is asking uh... – have you picked out your signing day outfit, Sean? Are you uh, you you big fashion? Are you going to be tweeting out Instagram live with what you're wearing tomorrow morning? Negative. I mean, uh, we're not supposed to be on a podcast. Although I am going to be on the uh, Vanderbilt podcast, but uh, I'm probably just going to look like this right now. So yeah, nothing special about that, you know. Even though Vanderbilt's got a top twenty-five class, uh, I'm not going to spruce up for the Commodores. Right. I've <laughs> I've got to. Uh, I mean, I've got to cover a press conference at 2 o'clock tomorrow, so I can promise that I will be wearing pants. Beyond that, I, I don't really have any any rules. Well, uh, Tom wants to know why Wesselak... Press conference without pants, that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad look, man. <laughs> uh, Tom wants to know why DJ Wesselak's rivals rating went down. I mean, the truth is he's played five games in two years. And, like, I, to be honest, a lot of the people who have seen him play have said... I. He's got a ways to go. I mean, I think I think his rating now is probably a little bit more toward where he should be should have been all along. Now, he's got a lot of physical tools. None of that is saying he can't be a good college player, but I think it's like market correction to be honest. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, and not just really the amount of games, but probably just his film and just his technique and things like that. He probably got a lot of stuff to work on even though he's got physical tools. And you see you see teams take a flyer on guys like that. Now, you know, and look, I'm going back to international players, I mean, there's guys out there that are big and they test well and, and you know, teams will take a, you know, take a flyer on those type of guys. And it was like just, you know, I think he kind of lacks experience. Like you said, he's played five games in the last couple of years. So, um, you know, maybe his film kind of reflects that in terms of his technique and everything like that. So that's something obviously Missouri is going to have to work on. But if he's – you know, look, if he's coming in to play defensive line, you know, you're not going to be playing as a true freshman right away on the defensive line, unless you're Mikhail Wingo, of course. But, you know, that's another story. Well, and it, the truth is, like, I've been here for 19 years, and I don't think Boonville's ever had a D1 football player that I remember. So, like, he's not playing the greatest competition. And so right. it, it's a little bit more of – a, a project it's gonna take a minute and that does not mean that it like it's exactly the kind of kid that missouri should take a chance on right local kid right. got all the physical tools let's see if mm -hmm. we can bring him in here and turn him into a player and and that's worthwhile we're we're suddenly getting a flood of uh questions so we'll run through them as as quickly as we can here and finish out uh 
Kyle wants to know, are they still targeting any running backs? So, it, Sean, I know you taught, you messaged with, uh, was it D'Anthony Gatson? Is that his name a couple yeah, nights ago? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I got this in the preview tomorrow for the parameter, for the signing day parameter. But, yeah, the, the, lineback- or the linebackers, the running backs, uh, obviously two that we mentioned and we mentioned quite frequently uh, of late is uh, D'Anthony Gatson. Obviously, he was the longtime USC commitment. I reached out to him. Uh, he surprisingly got back to me finally. And um, I just asked him if he was hearing anything from Missouri staff, and he said no, not lately. So it appears that they, you know, I guess they offered him what, you know, they offered him like a day after he decommitted from USC. You know, that was back in probably September. Uh, maybe there was a little bit of communication there at first, and maybe that's kind of dropped off, obviously. That, Andrew Pauls, the other one, at a, the, the running back out of Dallas, had like a monster year. Um, obviously, he came in for an unofficial visit in November. Um, didn't get a lot of feedback from him just after the visit. He's kind of one of those doesn't like to talk a lot. Um, but he he did say he liked the visit. That's about all I could really get out of him. Um, he did take a, a official visit to Colorado uh, over the weekend. So I don't know if he's going to sign um, this early signing period or if he's going to kind of maybe wait and see if he can take some other visits, check out some other schools in January and wait till February to sign. Don't know where things stand with that. So, I, you know, I would say the odds of taking a running back in, you know, the next three days is probably unlikely, and they'll probably, you know, wait till February to see what happens and what pops up. Yeah, and see who hits the portal, because I think that's a position Missouri could definitely use a transfer at. Uh, yep. Steve McDonald wants to know, what do you think Sam Horn's baseball career at Mizzou looks like? I think this is actually pretty interesting, because to me, quarterbacks ain't skipping spring football, man. Like, it sounds good to say I'm coming here to play football and baseball, but if you want to be the starting quarterback, I don't see that being a (laughs) two-sport thing, to be honest. The interesting thing is not with Sam, and I haven't really, you know, I've talked to him after his official, but I didn't really talk a lot of baseball with him, but I did talk a lot of baseball with Brett Norfleet, uh, the 2023 commitment. And, um, you know, obviously same situation with him. He's going to be playing baseball. He's a pitcher. Um, I asked him, I asked Brett, I was like, how much of your visits have been kind of curtailed around baseball and talking to the baseball coaches? He's like, oh, none. (laughs) So, so while he is going to play baseball at Missouri, um, it seems like the primary, uh, sport he will be playing and focusing on is football. So it is kind of interesting, Gabe, that you kind of bring up, Hey, there's spring practice, you know, I, I doubt those guys would be available to play baseball for spring practice, you know? So I think that's going to be, they'll just be available after spring practice is over. So I yeah, mean, because that's just kind of the vibe I get. Look, the, the, the rule is the scholarship comes from the sport with more scholarships. So that's always football right. and football's the one paying $60,000 a year for Sam Horn to go to school. So that's where right. the priority goes. And again, quarterback's just different than any other position on the field. Like you can't just skip those three weeks and, and have it be okay. So, um, I would be, uh, very, very surprised. So we're starting to get questions about next year's schedule and Conzo Martin and like, look guys, (laughs) I appreciate that you guys want to know everything and we're online and you want to ask that, but this is the recruiting show and tomorrow is signing day. So that that's kind of where we're focused at right now. And, yeah, I, I don't know. Like we started, Sean, we'll kind of finish. I mean, tomorrow outside of DJ Westlack's announcement should be relatively drama free, but 
surprises aren't surprises if you expect them, right? So who knows? Some kid who's been committed somewhere else for six months all of a, all of a sudden could sign or we could get a Charles Harris situation where Missouri tweets out, hey, this kid signed and we have to go and find out, like, I don't know who the hell this kid is. Like, anything can happen. And um, But I, I've said for years, like, I don't know. I consider it our job to make sure fans aren't surprised on signing day. So I guess right. if you're surprised on signing day, we've done our jobs and sorry we've done our jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I'm sure there's, you know, there's definitely some, probably some kids out there that they want to kind of keep under the radar. We don't know if that happened over the weekend or not, but it's very possible. And, you know, uh, there might be some uh, announcement of some, Hey, this transfer from uh, FCS school uh, just uh, signed with us, so he's part of the class too. So go look him up, okay, guys? <laughs> yeah. So we'll uh, we'll be at it early tomorrow morning. And uh, Sean, appreciate you hanging out and uh, bringing all of your uh, all of your knowledge to uh, kind of uh, correlate with my smartassness on this show all year long. So <laughs> it's a great it's a great mix. It really is. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Bye, and man. Uh, we will talk to you bright and early tomorrow. Yep, later. All right, that is Sean Williams, our recruiting editor. He really runs the show. Um, Mitch and I just kind of hang out and, and uh, help him out when he needs help. But uh, he's the guy with all the recruiting knowledge, which is why we have him every single week on this show and have throughout the fall again this may come back next year i don't know we'll we'll see how it goes uh but appreciate brandon barnes for being partners with us on this thing all fall long uh you can reach out to brandon at showmemortgage.com he's the guy that's going to hook you up with uh whether it's refinance whether you're buying a new home anything you want to do you need mortgage advice Get in touch with Brandon Barnes, former Mizzou football player, former Mizzou football staffer, former athletic department staffer. Get in touch with him. He's going to hook you up with the best rates, the best customer service, everything you need to uh, save yourself a little bit of money, maybe buy season tickets next year or something with the with the cash you save with Brandon. So showmemortgage.com. You can get an online quote there. You can talk to Brandon. Email at bbarnes at usa-mortgage.com. On the phone at 573-818-2772. Appreciate you guys uh, being with us. This has been certainly one of our most popular shows, probably our most popular show all fall long. So appreciate those of you who have taken some time out on Tuesday afternoons to join us live. If you are here live, hit the like button before you leave. Subscribe to the channel for whatever may come next on our uh, live streaming broadcast. If you're listening on the podcast, just uh, leave a nice review, say some nice things, share what we're doing. Thanks, guys. Um, so Wednesday, Wednesday, no streaming, because we're going to be covering signing day, 6 a.m. to like 10 p.m. Uh, Thursday, Mitchell Forty and I will be back with the 573 report, which normally runs on Wednesday, day late this week, so we can wrap up signing day and all that, and then, Everything after that kind of TBD, but appreciate you guys who have been hanging out with us here for four months and uh, kind of a, a, a new thing we did in 2021. I hope to continue it, and we will talk to you all later.